rabbit hole, I think the, the common question here that we need to be asking is like, whoever is compensating me for what I'm doing, whether it's a paycheck, whether it's a closed sales deal, whether it's I'm selling a specific product to you as a business or as an individual, we need to be thinking in terms of what value is this buyer placing on the thing that I'm selling? Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Right, there we go. We're back again. Um, we are baby back. is getting here super quick. It's crazy, uh, man. It's crazy. It is. So, like, doing two episodes this week. So, I'm trying to get a nice big backlog of, of episodes. So, when I take some time off at the end of October um, and into November, we still have live stuff going out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, dude. Like we have, what are we on episode three hundred fifty-seven thousand? Like we have a whole backlog that you can just replay. But this yeah. goes to speak to the the dedication and the proactivity that is Jim Driscoll. So I was not going to get in the way. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, at least try to have some new stuff come out. And I think, like, and and honestly, I think that's a good segue into today's conversation. Um, there's been a few things that have come up lately. So like the previous week's episode, we were talking about vendor lock-in and what we've been encountering there. We've been seeing that as a, as a pattern that's cropped up recently. And then the next couple of episodes I want to record in some way, shape or form, just about every client I um, engage with right now, this is, this is at the root of, of a lot of conversations. Uh, and what I'm speaking about is, and we've mentioned it so many times and for multiple different reasons, the, one of the broader trends that we're seeing in digital analytics, and John brought this up in our internal conversations just yesterday, I got to get back to him too and give him my thoughts on it, is the days of just saying you're just doing digital analytics to, 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 to be hyperbolic, you know, I'm going to say are over. Um, five, six years ago, it was very, very easy, um, to say, Hey, we're doing digital analytics and here's the steps that we're taking and we're doing work. Um, and that was just good enough. You know, that, that worked for, for many, many organizations that's not happening anymore. Digital analytics organizations are being pushed more and more to show some kind of value. Um, some like actual real value to the organization. And that's not necessarily being tied to revenue, which we're going to get to in a, in a couple weeks. I do want to focus in on that specifically, but it's proving value that there is value to the organization that the team provides. So where I want to start today with this is like, let's start at the highest level possible in the context of digital analytics. What is value? 
it's such a good question because we rarely ask that question of ourselves. And I exactly. That, and that's why I wanted to ask it this week. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a trend and that's not to cut you off, but to kind of add something to what you just said is it's not something we don't ask. That's the problem is now that organizations and digital analytics teams are being pushed to show some kind of value to the, to the greater organization. They don't know how, because we've never asked like, what is the value we provide to the company? Yeah, and and again, like I think, it it seems so it seems so obvious. Yeah, this is uh, not a conversation that we have often. It's not a conversation that we're we're comfortable with, and maybe it's that we don't even realize it's a conversation we should be having because we get so distracted by the fun and new and things that excite us that we don't even stop to think about, well, why am I getting a paycheck? <laughs> and and, it, and again, it sounds like a, maybe a silly conversation to have, but that's the reality for, for so many analytics organizations is that is kind of where they're at. So why 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 do we have a job i guess that should be the place to to start um and you know it sounds like such a silly question but you know you know we you and i've talked about this time how many times have we talked to people and we've said something like and I'll, i'll use kind of the most extreme example of this but there are various various gradients of this why does your company have a website and then you see there and look at blank you see blank faces and you're like wait what but you know, we don't, we, we just kind of take these things for granted. I get a paycheck. We have a website. We sell products. But do we know why? Why? So, so I would start there. If I'm analytics manager, if I'm analyst, if I'm implementation architect, why is my company paying me? And if we can't answer that from a value perspective, we have some work to do. Um, and so to answer, I guess, more directly... I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing it, you know, it, it obviously does differ from company to company, but um, unless you're working, well, even nonprofits have a desire to do stuff, right? Make change, get, get um, donations. So there's always something that you're being hired to impact in a positive way. And, and so we need to understand in each of our roles what it is that we were being hired to impact and that should be informing a lot of what we do because we don't know the answer to that question because we don't ask that question what do we do well we do stuff that's fun we go buy tools we do implementations we analyze data that's interesting but does it align with what we were hired to do well if we don't know why we were hired then might as well just be throwing darts at a wall it's going to align just as well yeah. And one thing I want to add to that list is teams also get um, bogged down with busy work mm-hmm. because if they don't know why they, they, they either instinctively or maybe they are pushed to show what they're doing. They just default to busy work and it's, it's managing JIRA boards. It's moving tickets around and saying, we did this, we did that. We, we, we moved, um, we moved this to this side and then we moved it back. Like, God, there's something like it. Have you ever seen it when they're trying to develop a plot of land and you could tell like things are not going as well with the developer 
to fill the time, it feels like they're just moving dirt from one side <laughs> of the plot to the other. Uh-huh, Whereas n- next thing you know, like three miles away, another shopping center went up, is already up and has tenants. There, there was this spot near an office I used to work uh, by 10 years ago and they started developing it. They got a couple buildings up and then it stagnated, but they must've had money because the crews just kept moving dirt around. Or at least that's, what it felt like on the outside. They were probably doing well, that. And it's it's a great analogy. How often have we fallen into that trap of moving dirt from one one corner of the lot to the other? And the reason why we do that is because one, it's part of our system that we've been brainwashed into that we have to work eight hours a day. And so because we have to work eight hours a day, we have to fill the time doing something. And because we don't have a purpose for our analytics program, then we have to create the appearance of work, which oftentimes becomes engaging in these operational processes. So it's like we create project plans and mind maps and we move things from one column to another in our, you know, in our task management system. Um, not that those things aren't valuable and important, but oftentimes they become used used to move dirt around the property to show like we're working. Oh, well, we yesterday the dirt was over there and now it's over here. Something must be happening. Uh, exactly. And, yeah, and it's it's a symptom of not having a, a purpose for, for why we are doing what, what we do. So in order to secure our continued paycheck, we have to create the appearance that we're actually doing something. Yeah, and... It's very easy to do with implementation because you did mention that a minute ago. It is so easy to say, well, we deployed this new dimension. We deployed this new data yeah. collection rule, but there's no follow-up on, well, this is how that data is going to be useful. It's just we did it, so we did it, and we're, we're, we're completing work. We're completing tasks. Yeah, and a lot of time, there because we don't know why we do what we do, it's really difficult to have that conversation of here is why it's, it's useful. And so... You know, I think that the analytics teams want to be useful. They just lack, often lack leadership to to be as useful as, as they could be. And so they fall into one of two traps, either the let's move dirt around to create the appearance of doing work. Or you mentioned like, you know, doing things that are interesting or fun, whether it's the shiny new, you know, let's go get a new product that we can play around with and poke around with because that's fun and that creates the appearance of work. Or another trap I see people falling into is um, trying to replicate what all the cool kids on social media are doing. So, you know, if you spend any time on LinkedIn, there's a group of cool kids in the digital analytics space and I'm not going to talk about what they're talking about because it's going to out them too much. (laughs) And, um, but... <clears throat> excuse me they're they're constantly kind of talking about new things or new ways of doing things or new new paradigms or new frameworks or new this or new you know I'm we got to use this new technology and really they're not really solving anything interesting they're just playing around with things that they find interesting and then because they're looked at as leaders because they're the ones that speak at all the conferences then you have your everyday analyst or analytics manager says, well, so-and-so who, you know, spoke at this conference is talking about doing this type of thing. So we need to do that in our company. Why? I mean, maybe, maybe it's useful, but why? Again, why, why do we need to use that? How does that help support what we're trying to solve for? Yeah. And all I could think of is, is the, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about um, having an analytics team that is overwhelmed by the number of tools and all of the logic in place, all of the technology in place, they're overwhelmed. This is an exact reason 
of not knowing the value and not defining what is value for this team is experimenting with all of these things. And then the reason they're there gets lost to the mist of time. Why are we still maintaining this? Why, why do we have this? And no one knows. And no one knows. (laughs) Like, is it something really valid or is it something that, you know, you were experimenting with and ultimately what it could lead to is, is the load bearing spreadsheet. You know, like someone deletes just something they think is innocuous and half the MarTech stack comes tumbling down. And and by the way, I don't want people to take the wrong message from this because playing around with things and experimenting with things is incredibly useful and valuable. In fact, I look at almost everything I do, include, including building and running 336, as nothing more than a giant experiment. The difference is it's tied to a purpose, something that we're trying to do, trying to solve for, trying to create. So experimentation within that framework of something that we have a vision for what we're trying to do, whether it's trying to, like at 33.6, create a, a different way of having a relationship with work, uh, a different way of doing consulting that provides more meaning and value through the use of data, then experimentation is incredibly valuable. But if we don't have a purpose and we're just like experimenting to experiment, um, it can be an incredibly uh, wasteful amount of time and focus. And and again, not to say there isn't there isn't time for fun, right? Like we all want to, as you did uh, recently down in Dallas, go to play your little game show team building game. Like there's always time to do things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, the, like there, there's always times to have things that aren't connected with a purpose or an outcome. That's okay. But yeah. in 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 moderation, exactly, and and that's the thing is is it's it's easy to build the straw man argument that it's well you're talking about just having a team that's chained to the desk for forty hours a week work 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 and not like researching or trying new things that's not it at all. What we're saying is is when you don't understand the value of what your team brings to an organization or worse yet you don't you don't can't even put a definition to what is value the team starts to spiral and what goes from productive experimentation and that free time to try new things that's all they're doing and the it's hard to define like what is the necessary stuff that has to get done what is the new things we need to experiment with and then what is stuff that should be said no to? Because yeah. we've talked about multiple times internally, like at a certain point in your career, you reach a point where you can't get everything done. Um, I was reading an article about Johnny Ive, who was the industrial design lead for Apple. And like he had this laundry list of stuff and he was routinely told early in his career, you can't get it all done. Yeah. If anything, you can only pick one or two items from that list to truly work on. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's something that I've come to the realization to as well, whether it's in building a company or just becoming more experienced in, in my career. The dog's, the dog's feeling upset. Yeah, the Amazon guy? I don't know. I don't know. She's sensing something. What is it? Is it UPS guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you get to that point, you you get you get to a stage in which the things that you can do becomes a bigger and bigger list every single day, um, which can become overwhelming and daunting if you try to do all the things all the time. It, it's simply impossible. And and that's kind of the, the weight that 
so many analytics teams are, are under um, is that there are so many opportunities and so many options, but we try to do all the things and have all the solutions and buy all the software and keep up with all the cool kids on the new programmatic analysis techniques they're using. Um, and we end up providing no value because we're, we're unfocused, we're scattered, we don't have a purpose. So again, like it's gonna keep coming back to this, why are we doing what we do? Why is my company giving me a paycheck? It's, I'm, they're not a charity, they're not just handing me money to hand money, they are, there's some expectation of some value that I should be delivering to the company. What is that? So we've talked about it before um, and for the, the longest time, you had a lot of the major tech companies, the Facebooks, the Twitters, um, all of those companies are the first that come to mind, you know, would hire essentially these people to be um, social media influencers. You know, they would constantly be posting reels of like, come to work with me today and let me show you like, I got <laughs> yeah, the yeah. office around 930. <laughs> I got that. my my mocha cappuccino from the cafe, the barista. He was really nice today. And then I went and did this and I had a meeting from our rooftop lounge. And then I did <laughs> I've this. I've seen that exact one. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they over the last six months, they've all been let go. Oh, because, really? well, for the most part, like, you know, from what I'm hearing, like, yeah, like there's some, yeah, I'm not going to get into exactly what some people said, but like, yeah, they, they've, a lot of those companies have let those people go because what a lot of people don't, or they're starting to see is, is the companies are trying to really buckle down. And if you're not tied to bringing value to the company, uh, in one form or another, they're letting you go. And yeah, a lot of those social media influencers have been let go because at this point their job was seen as extra. It was seen as additional and not really core to the to the business, and that's where analytics teams, if they're not careful, and they, they are, right? They are there. Yeah, yeah. There, there are analytics teams. Like we, um, you know, p- part of our visit last week to a client, we were we were heavily focused on talking about value, and we're talking with a team at this particular client that. Um, this team produces a lot of work like they on the surface and actually even beneath the surface are a highly functional team. The problem is, is their director realizes that they need to level up. They need to be more than just getting work done. They need to be getting the right work done. And that's core to, to our engagement. And you're starting to see that in a conversation with another client, it's, it's getting a little tight and they're like, okay, we need to make sure what we're doing is, is actually like material to the business and it yeah. can't be just nice to do or we, we deployed this new plugin to see what this data collects. Like we can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we've been in kind of a boom time prior to 2020 and we kind of got comfortable and, and really this is a conversation we should be having all the time, but right now, especially as we've seen it, we've talked, you and I have talked about this, like the log on to LinkedIn and every day see more announcements of layoffs, people like, you know, it's, it's difficult. Um, and this is, this is happening. And unfortunately, um, we, we've kind of been put into this situation to think about the value that we're creating, but really this isn't limited to analytics. It's every, every team, every part of the organization in good times and bad, it's just easier to gloss over it when, you know, there's lots of money flowing in when the money gets tight. That's when it starts to really, 
start to clamp up. But we should have that answer in the good times as well. But to your point, you know, it's it's maybe a little easier to be a little bit more, what's the right word in our spending? Um, frivolous. Frivolous in our spending. You know, we can hire the trendy social media kid to take videos on the rooftop um, because we have the extra money. So why not? You know, but when times get tough, that's when the why not says, well, we can't afford that anymore. And as analysts, I never want to see us in that position. I, you know, I'm... Uh, clearly, this is a this is an industry that we believe deeply in, and that through data we can make more informed business decisions, that we can create better products, that we can create uh, more positive customer experiences. This is something that we believe at at our core, and so it pains me to see you know investment in analytics dry up, to see analytics teams that aren't seen as valuable, um, because. We know that there is there is true and actual value there, but in order to in order to really prove that value, in order to make sure that the work we're doing is not just work but is actually generating that value, we have to take this huge step back and say, and again, I think the easiest way to do it is ask ourselves the question. And again, it seems like such a silly question, but if you had to, could you succinctly answer the question, why is my company paying my paycheck every two weeks? And it's not to deploy analytics. It's not to do analysis, right? Because that's just the output of something. But it's why are they paying me? What are they? Ho- what value are they hoping that I will generate for the company? And it's until we can answer that question, it's going to be incredibly difficult to align the work that we do and to help make sure that the rest of the organization sees the value that we're creating if we don't know why we're being paid to do what we do. And I, I want to make a quick aside here. So while we try to put structure around these conversations for the podcast and make sure we kind of have themes and not just random topics, but there's, there's some methodology behind what we talk about, the core of it is, is these are conversations we're having internally. You and I talk about this all the time. Other members of the team talk about it all the time. And this is a growing trend that we're seeing amongst what we're seeing in the industry, as well as with, with clients that we, we engage with. Um, and that was really the, the genesis of this is, you know, five years ago, the idea was, is do we actually have some really fun conversations internally? It'd be great to, to share them. So like, this is not a topic or a a theme of several episodes that I want to put out there and be hyperbolic about. It is some, it is a growing trend that we're seeing and those in the analytics space need to really, really clamp down on why, what, what the value is and how they measure it. Um, because if you don't, someone else is going to tell you their value. And ultimately, someday, you know, if, if money comes down to it, if you can't prove that, then that's a whole other topic. Yeah, and, and, and I want to echo your point on why we started the podcast, but it's why we do what we do as a company. It's why I do what I do with my personal time. I just had a, so every Friday, well, Every Friday for at least most of this year, I've been having this hippie CEO call with with people on Friday where I kind of do some coaching and offer business advice. Um, And overwhelmingly, what people tell me is, I want to talk with you because you give it to me. Like, there's there's no bullshit here, right? Like, it's authentic. It's real. It's not a, oh, I woke up and I, like, really hustled and I went to the gym and I ate right and then I started making $15 million a year. Like, 
people want to hear the authentic stories of what it really takes to do what they want to do. And that's why we're doing this podcast, you know, to your point, like we were having such incredible internal conversations that were so valuable that people weren't having. And we like, we need to expose these conversations to the world because these are conversations that people need to be having, you know, um, we don't need to be having these like, look how smart I am with my different statistical models on LinkedIn. We need to be having these conversations of why do we exist as an organization? What value are we providing for our company? How can we help people understand what that looks like and align our skills as analysts as fill in the blank to make sure we're providing that value back to, to our organization. So again, a little bit of a tangent there, but I hope that that's what people are getting as a value out of this podcast. It's just this blunt, brutal honesty and transparency, um, of the way we see things. You know, we, we, we have an amazing opportunity to see so many incredible businesses and challenges and opportunities. And we just want to be completely transparent and authentic in sharing what we think are the most valuable things for people to be thinking about and conversations that they should be having um, in order to grow individually, in order to provide value for their companies and for their companies to make smart uh, decisions. Yeah. Um, so l- l- let's kind of come back around to the, the, the main, the main topic. Um, I, if I, you know, I'm just going to ask you when I say, what is value? Like just broadly, what, you know, what do you think of when someone asks you, what, it, what does it mean to be valuable and what is something of value? And this is something that you have to put in context of someone or something else. Um, so the value is what someone else will value. Um, so <clears throat> I have to think about, again, if I'm, if I'm hired as an analyst by big company X, I have to think about, you know, what, what does my boss value? What does my boss's boss value? What does the company value? Um, because I can create things that I think are valuable, but if the person that is buying those things doesn't value them, then we have a major disconnect and a misalignment that's going to end poorly for probably me. Um, and so as, as part of selling something and offering something, I have to have a very deep understanding of my, of my buyer. In this case, my buyer is an employer of what they value and do my skills, does my expertise, does my output from my work, um, does my employer find that valuable again? And I think that this is where employees have a huge disconnect because you have so many smart employees that create so many valuable things, but there's a mismatch between what they value and what their employer values. And it's the same in the marketplace, right? Like we can create something that we value greatly, whether it's a piece of art, a product, a service, but if the buyer doesn't value it, then there's a disconnect. Um, and ultimately the buyer is going to determine how valuable what it is that you're selling ultimately is. And so again, if I'm, if I'm working for an organization, I can't spend all my time as an analytics organization doing the things that I value. You know, this is interesting to me. This excites me. Okay. But does the organization that pays you value those things? And if not, then there's a disconnect and those things may be incredibly valuable and may actually support the things that they value. But if you're not positioning it correctly, if you're not marketing correctly, if you're not selling it to them correctly and they don't see the value, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how much value you put on the work that you're doing to create this incredible implementation. 
if the person paying you doesn't value it, they're going to pay someone else for something that they value more. Yeah. And it feels like analytics agencies do this all the time. Like, well, one of the things they do is I think they, they overhype something that is valuable. Like, especially, you know, it's obvious when they're in there trying to sell something like, uh, and sell something that may not even be needed. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not going to, okay, I'll go back to it. Like there's agencies we've seen recently trying to sell a new platform that, you know, clients I've worked with can't put any kind of financial benefit on, but they just scream value, 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 value. And, or they, they try to overhype how valuable it is. And that's why part of it is, is like, well, you're not, you're, you're just saying it's valuable, but then when people try to push back, it's, you come with like cliche marketing terms. Does that, does that making sense? Mm -hmm. Are are you onto a new platform because they've squeezed all the value out of Facebook Cappy or is it? No, (laughs) I just, I I didn't want to go. It's just a bug that that one really just grinds my gears. That particular one, because like, I'm not saying it's not valuable. I just think it's, Every in, uh, situation I've been involved with it, they cannot prove out the financial benefit for it. And like, and that, to me, is one thing. When you're talking about value and you're talking about purchasing platforms, which could be six to seven figures, mm-hmm. depending upon the cost and everything, you are anywhere from five to seven figures. Um there's got to be financial benefit. Like the value of it has to be what is the return to the marketing program. And that's the one thing I've seen with Facebook happy is they can't, they can't show that. So they go to more nebulous things when it comes to value. Yeah. And I think it also shows a lack of empathy with the people that they're selling to, um, in that their, their role selling and, you know, we don't need to pick on a specific thing, but if I'm selling something into an organization and oftentimes these, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, they use the FUD uh, framework for, for selling where they create fear, uncertainty and doubt. And it, it really lacks empathy. What they should be doing is saying, okay, analytics organization, what does your, what do your stakeholders value? What is going to be important to them? And how can we position what we're selling to put you in a position to provide more meaningful value? You win because you're creating value. Your organization wins because you're solving a real actual need, which creates value for your organization, which creates value for the companies. But that takes work. That takes dedication of trying to understand what it is that we're solving for. And most people don't want to put in the work. They just want to make the sale because I'm going to sell it to you and then I'm going to move to another company or have a different account next quarter and I don't care about the impact. A lot of these things come down to a lack of empathy. But again, speaking of what is value, we need to be asking that question. You know, to me as the salesperson, well, the value I get is a sales deal, but it really should be something much bigger than that. You know, the value should be creating trusting relationships, creating value for the person that I'm selling to, you know, creating a referenceable client. Um, but oftentimes we, we think about value as much too surface level and transient than that, unfortunately. So, you know, without going too deep into that rabbit hole, I think the, the common question here that we need to be asking is like, whoever is compensating me for what I'm doing, whether it's a paycheck 
whether it's a closed sales deal, whether it's I'm selling a specific product to you as a business or as an individual, we need to be thinking in terms of what value is this buyer placing on the thing that I'm selling? And if we can't answer that question, it's really, really difficult to offer something of, of value and get compensated for it fairly and to be in a position to continue to sell those things. And again, like it, it, it seems like such a silly question to ask as you know a member of an analytics organization, why am I getting a paycheck? Well, to do analytics. It, that's not the answer. It's what why is why am I being hired? And probably your team doesn't even know. But you need to ask that question, like, why is someone in this business willing to give a budget, you know, pay, pay me out of this, this bank account? What value am I, what value are they expecting me to create to justify why I'm getting compensated in return? See, and that's the thing is, I don't think any of these are silly questions. It's but they things, seem silly. They, well, well, no. What it is is we've taken it for granted. Yeah, we, yeah. we've taken we've taken multiple things for granted here, and because you said it yourself earlier, we've for for the most part have been in a boom time with maybe some downturns here and there for for a good period of time. Um, it's twenty twenty, the COVID pandemic, and then just the the economic conditions following it because we still haven't fully recovered there no. at a general level but then even every industry is suffering in their own way it's really exposing how how nebulous the term value is because and because it's so nebulous when i say this is valuable it's very easy for me to be one thing and for you to um, to I- interpret it as, as something different so we haven't had the need to really define what is value. And then, yeah, I think it's also like, why, why am I getting paid? Why am I here? Um, it's this can't be adult daycare because let's face it, in some, some of these companies, things have turned into adult daycare. For sure. And, and, and I want to go on a slight tangent because I think it's, it's a valuable conversation to have is we can solve this right now during this current kind of challenge that we're in because people are asking this question to your point. Like, why are we paying an influencer to make videos on the rooftop? Um, but what happens when we come out of this scenario? Most likely we're going to go right back to it. I know because in my career, this is the third really, really difficult time that I've been in. So at the start of my career, it was the dot-com bust, bubble burst. That was really, really hard. Layoffs, companies shutting down, and everyone re-examined things and said, you know, we're never going to do that again. And then what happened? We recovered, and we went and did it again. Then what happened? Like 2008, 2009, the housing crisis. Yep. Right? And we said, and then all of a sudden, we had to, like, rehab that conversation. And we said, okay, okay, we're never, this is a come-to-Jesus time, you know, like, Reality hit, we're never going to do that again. 2010, 2011 rolls around, things start getting good again, we go right back to doing what we did again. Then COVID hits in 2020 and 2023, almost 2024, and we're still in a really, really difficult, challenging economic time. And we're saying, okay, we got to learn our lesson this time, but 2024, 2025 rolls around and things get really good. We're going to go right back to it. So how do we get out of this trap especially around staying on topic of value. Like right now, yeah, we're questioning it because we're feeling the pain. 
you know, we're seeing revenues decrease. We're seeing friends get let go. We're seeing companies close down. So we're saying we got to get serious here. We got to buckle down and be focused on creating value. But as soon as the good times come, are we going to forget that? Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 I don't see it as, as a tangent at all. It's actually like right before this, it, it kind of echoes a conversation my wife and I had before, before I jumped on here. Um, like it's from a broader level. Like I think people have gotten comfortable with living beyond their means. Like just generally, I mean, if you look at the statistics about how much credit card debt the average American carries, like it's, it's insane. We've talked about it before that auto loans are now up to eight years. They offer eight year auto loans. Freaking crazy. Um, so with that, like, I think we, we, we have gotten way too comfortable and we, and I'm not trying to fall into the same pattern, but it's like this time around, like if we really want to learn from it, we have to get back to, I think like our grandparents or our great grandparents where they did not live beyond their means. They didn't borrow excessively. Um, and they, they bought what they needed and some of what they wanted, but it was, they didn't overbuy. And that's where I think at work and in, in work life is we've gotten comfortable with, well, just expense that just expense this piece of software. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of just completely losing. No, no, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're completely right. And by the way, side question, did you see, did, did the, the mic is muted pop up for you or is that just for me? Uh, just for you. Okay. I, the AI, so the dog started barking and the AI noticed that my mic was muted and it picked up the dog barking and said, your mic is muted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fair enough. Yeah, I did yeah. that on purpose. Uh, no, but you, you bring up a, you bring up a really good point. I think, yeah, like our grandparents generation, they went through some really difficult times and they took that and they applied that as a framework for, for living that they were able to somehow adhere to in boom and bust, uh, which, which is in, incredible. And this isn't to say that we need to be like, you know, we, we need to suffer and not enjoy the fruits of our, of our labor, but in balance, right? Yes. Like in, in some kind of, in some kind of better balance than we have been in business where when times get good, we just, what was the word you use on spending frivolous where we're really yeah. frivolous in our spending. And then when times get tough, we like make deep, deep cuts because of that. There should be some, some way where we have a little bit more, more balance. And I think in order to create that balance in good times, more importantly than in bad times, we need to be having that conversation of what is value? Mm-hmm. What, what, what are, what are we here for? What are we creating? Um, and are we just showing up to create the appearance of work? Um, nobody, nobody's paying anybody for that. We may convince ourselves of that, but ultimately someone is going to ask the question, well, what value are, are you creating? And if we can't answer that for our teams, ourselves individually, we've got some homework to do. Yeah. And by no means was I implying like we need to live like some kind of joyless, dull, puritanical lifestyle you know, far from it. I think you need to, to enjoy life, but like kind of the, the conversation my wife and I were having, we were just kind of talking about a few things and trying to use some things that have happened recently as kind of like reminders of like, this is what we need to do here. Let's not fall into this trap. Let's not do this. Like, let's use these as reminders. And, you know, one example was, is, you know, we're, we're looking for new houses. Let's not overbuy. Let, let's not overbuy because, let's not buy something we can't maintain because one of our goals is to travel 
and let's not buy something where it's either we maintain it or we travel. Like, mm-hmm. but to kind of bring us back, like uh, let's bring us back to the question we try to wrap up every episode. Um, what you know? What does all of this mean in the in terms of sustainable analytics? Oh, that's a that's a that's a powerful question. But again, I think it's it's a fairly easy one that if we don't know what value we're creating, how can we create anything that that sustains, right? So think about it as like a kid in a sandbox. If I don't have a vision for anything that I'm creating and I'm just creating cool things that are interesting and fun to me, the the chances of it creating anything of sustainable value is is slim to none, right? Like it's the What's the Simpsons episode with the thousand chain smoking monkeys and creating it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. Like Yeah. You, <laughs> like you may get some unique scenario where everything just magically lines up doing this randomness, but that's not how that's not how the real world exists. The real world um, sustainability comes from deliberate thought and action. And deliberate thought and action around the value we create from an analytics perspective is tied in that that value like why do we exist why are we employed why are we getting a paycheck if we have not figured that out our ability to create any kind of sustainable solutions or programs is pure luck and there's going to be one out there that works because it's one in 800 trillion but for the rest of us it's not going to work out it's not going to sustain yeah, yeah, and, and that's exactly it. When the the guardrails to sustainability come with understanding value and how your team produces value and how others see or define the value for you. So yeah, if you don't have if you don't have value defined, you have no guardrails. Absolutely. So that's when you just go off in all different directions. And everything is scattershot and fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, I I love that visual. You're spot on. Yeah. Cool. So let's go ahead and wrap it up there. This is this has been a good start to this topic. Over the next couple episodes, we are going to beat the term value to death. Good. Because I think it's important. It's needed. It's needed. It, especially as we're, you know, we're we're approaching, or actually by the time this episode airs, it will be in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we're in the fourth quarter of the year. We all know the fourth quarter flies, and before we know it, we'll be into 2024. So this is this is a growing trend that we need to talk about. And it can't just be something we assume that's out there, you know, that people understand it. Love it. Great, great cool. timing on the topic. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So let's go ahead and wrap up there, and we'll talk to everybody later. See you. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.